The invitation is given to everyone by Jesus Christ, who says, come and follow me. In the name of Christ, we accept the invitation to follow. In the name of Jesus, as his disciples, we come to worship and praise God. In the midst of a world that is filled with chaos and change and drama, we come to proclaim the God of compassion. In the midst of despair that threatens to swallow up whole lives or peoples, we proclaim a God of hope. In the midst of indifference and apathy, we proclaim a God of love. Come, worship with us. Let's share our witness of God's living presence in this world through the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Markham Baptist Church. We're more than simply one sanctuary in the building. Actually, we have a ministry that encompasses so many different areas of people's lives and the gifts that they serve in. The room I'm standing in is the lower hall where we have fellowship gatherings around tables where we serve meals. We have breakfast for various groups across the way at the high school. We also have ESL, English as a Second Language, every day of the week except Wednesdays. Beyond that, we serve pizza lunches during the school year, and we have Bible study and Sunday school classes in a variety of rooms just off to the left of me. In other words, our church is active throughout the year on any ordinary time. Of course, right now the building's closed, but our ministry continues as people continue to care one for another. Today in worship, we'll be joined by four people. Victoria will share a story with the children, and Jennifer and Sheila will offer a word from God. Along with that, Hannah is here with a, a special song. We're glad you're worshiping with us. Welcome again to Markham Baptist Church. One night I dreamed a dream as I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and the other the Lord. After the scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the lowest, saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed during the saddest and most troublesome times in my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand. Why would you leave me? The Lord replied, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. How many of you have ever fallen and gotten a boo-boo? And you start to cry and you run to mom and dad, expecting them to make it go away. But as you sit in their arms, they don't necessarily make the boo-boo better. But feeling that comfort, safety, and warmth in your parents' arms is all the love you need to really make the boo-boo hurt less. That is the Holy Spirit to us. As God was ascending into heaven to join his father, he promised the disciples that he would not leave them alone, but would leave them the gift of the Holy Spirit, living amongst them and within them. The Holy Spirit is the comfort we need to feel safe and warm alongside the father. 
God promised that he would never leave us alone, just like he promised the man who was walking on the beach. He told the man, as long as he followed the Lord, he would never be alone. But when looking back at the beach, he saw only one set of footprints and wondered, why, Lord, would you leave me during rough times? The Lord looked down on the man and said, my child, it was then that I carried you. So when you're feeling alone, hurt, or sad, remember that the Lord is carrying you through it, through the gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray that all of you today know that you are not alone during this hard time, that the Lord is carrying you through it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your Son and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the love surrounding us each and every day through the Holy Spirit who is living inside us. May we remember that you are carrying us through this hard time, that you love us and you will never leave us alone. We thank you for that gift and that promise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, everyone. The Old Testament reading today is taken from Psalm 66, verses 8 to 20. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows. Those that my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to you burnt offerings of fatlings with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Come and hear, all ye who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for me. I cried loud to him, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened, but truly God has listened. He has given heed to the words of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Yeah. 
today is taken from John 14 verse 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. 
These days, it's not so simple to recognize the church. We're used to seeing it as a building, a place that you go to. What church do you go to? We think of church as perhaps even a club or at least a gathering, a gathering of people. And yet in these COVID-19 days, uh, we're not gathering in buildings anymore. So in these times, where is the church? What is the church? William Williman tells a story of how he was approached by a young fellow during his days as a professor at Duke University Chapel and had just finished a chapel service. And this young fellow came to him and said, we don't hear a whole lot on Sunday mornings about the Holy Spirit. In fact, I'm wondering in your preaching why you don't preach more about the Holy Spirit. In Williman's uh, natural approach and southern charm, he had this to say to the young fellow, because we found that if we leave any room, any gaps at all in the service, if there's anything left unplanned, occasionally the Holy Spirit can get in there. That's why we fill up all the loose moments and I talk the whole time. That's why we bolt down the pews because we have found it helpful that it's just nice to know where you're gonna be come around noon. And then he added this, and if we leave any room at all for that Holy Spirit to get in there, sometimes people get out of control. And then where would we be? Where would we be without the Holy Spirit? In John 14, Jesus says more about the Holy Spirit than perhaps anywhere else in the New Testament except for the book of Acts when we're told about the happenings of the day of Pentecost. Jesus has a name for the Holy Spirit. He calls him in verse 16, the advocate. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. Another advocate, which assumes there's always been one. Jesus too is our advocate. Jesus is the one that says, I will go to the Father on your behalf. I will stand in for you. I will speak for you. The Holy Spirit is another advocate. The Holy Spirit carries on the work, the ministry of Jesus Christ. Different versions of the Bible have different ways of translating the Greek word, which is paraclete. It's translated as advocate, as helper, as counselor, as comforter. In fact, the uh, J.B. Phillips paraphrase says it this way. The Holy Spirit is someone else to stand by you. Now, years back, there was a movie by the title, Stand By Me, about a, a group of boys, friends for life, that stood by one another during the challenges of their growing up years. And in that movie, there is a title song by Benny King by the same name, Stand By Me. Here are just some lyrics from that song. If the sky that we look upon well should tumble and fall, and the mountain should crumble to the sea, I won't cry, I won't cry, no, I won't shed a tear, just as long as you stand by me. Benny King borrowed those words from Scripture. They're the words of Psalm 46. Listen to this. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth shall change 
and though the mountains shall shake in the heart of the sea. But he left out an important line. The words that precede what I just read are these. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Isaiah 54, verse 10, goes even further, saying this, For the mountains may depart, and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love will not depart from you. In other words, God stands by us. God is the one who advocates for us. No matter how long COVID-19 lasts, And no matter what else might be taken from us, God's love will be with us forever. God will stand by us no matter what the circumstances are in our lives. The literal translation of the word paraclete is one who comes alongside. The Holy Spirit is God coming alongside of us wherever we are in the journey of life. That doesn't mean as an advocate, God simply um, affirms and validates every emotion, every thought, every action that we enter into. No good counselor does that. And the Holy Spirit, as the counselor, doesn't do it either. In fact, he leads us to truth. Jesus says that there's another Uh, term, another title given to the Holy Spirit. He calls him the Spirit of Truth. In verse 17, that's what he says, that uh, rather than confirming what we already think about life, the work of the Spirit is to challenge us, to move us in a new and different and better direction, to challenge us to dig deeper, to find the truth about our lives and what it means to live with Christ or what it would mean to live without him. In other words, to realize that with Christ, we can do far more than we could ever do without him. As long as Jesus, through the Spirit, stands by us. Jesus' physical presence with the disciples was quickly coming to a close. He knew that, and he recognized the crushing emotions of the disciples during this time. And so he meets their fear and their concerns with a new promise. He says this, I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. As the Spirit comes, so too does Jesus. I will not leave you orphaned. I will come to you. The Holy Spirit is the one, remember, who comes alongside of us in every circumstance of life. When we go through the valley of the shadow of death, as the psalmist puts it, we have an advocate. We have the Holy Spirit who comes alongside of us. We have one who will be with us even when we feel like running away. We may fear all kinds of things. Perhaps today you're fearing certain losses or concerns. You're, uh, you're feeling 
a sense of failure is looming. But even in that, Jesus promises that not even death has the final word. Because I live, you also will live. There's this promise of life continuing, of eternity in the presence of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit drives this point home. Just as God raised Jesus from the dead, so too God has the power and promises to raise us to life eternal for those who believe and trust in his Son. Christ wants us to see all of life in his light. On that day, he says, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. In a few chapters later, Jesus says directly to them, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. To see our lives, the whole of them, in the light of Christ is exactly what Jesus came to desire for us, that we would see our lives, the truth of our lives, in light of Christ, not because of the circumstances, not because of the emotions, not amidst the difficulties, but in Christ. The Bible promises that the Spirit is the one who guides us there. To see the facts in light of Christ, says Charles Haddon Spurgeon, we must dwell with him, we must live with him, we must grow like him, and especially love him more and more. There's that word again, love. It's the word upon which everything else pivots. A group of psychologists once asked a group of young children, define love. One four-year-old boy said this, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. You just know your name is safe in their mouth. You know what Jesus says? In Isaiah 41, God says this, do not fear for I've redeemed you. I have called you by name. You're mine. That passage in John begins with those four words. If you love me. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate. Now that same word we've translated as if can also be translated rightly since. Since you love me, since you love me and are keeping my commandments. You see, the fact that we trust Jesus with our lives is because and only because of our relationship with him. It's a relationship of love. Without that, there's no trust at all. Christ answers the question for us. He helps us to answer the question for ourselves. 1 John 4, 19 reminds us, we love because he first loved us. In other words, without Christ coming to us, we would never be able to love God as deeply and dearly and continually as we are called and invited to do. Paul emphasizes the source of that love, telling the church in Romans chapter 5, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. There again, 
He's continuing the work of Christ. Love was at the very heart of what brought the Son of God to earth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish but will have everlasting life. God's love for the Son was the very catalyst for every step of Jesus, every ministry action of the Son of God. In John 15, we read, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. This passage leads us from God's love for all people to Christ's love for every one of us and to our loving all those our lives come into contact with. Loving him, we trust him. And trusting him, we follow him. There's no other way to do it. Back to William Willimon. He said, the church is that group of people that he, meaning the Holy Spirit, intrudes upon. That group of people upon whom the Holy Spirit intrudes, breathes upon and empowers spirit, mission, forgiveness. That's the church. That's the church. So when we leave room for this Holy Spirit to get in and to mess with our lives, we can count on one thing for sure. We're going to lose control. We're going to be different. We may just start behaving a little more like Jesus. And where would that leave us? Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you for coming alongside of us in these times. Thank you for the incredible miracle and blessing of your living Holy Spirit walking alongside of us to, to comfort us during difficult times, to advocate for us when we're uncertain and unsure, to give us counsel as we seek the truth of our lives and our relationship with others and the depth of our relationship as we grow closer and closer to you. Thank you, O oh God, that in the midst of our struggles in life and our fearful times, you bring us hope, you bring us peace and an opportunity to believe again. Guide those who are fearful this day, O oh Lord, into the opportunity once again to believe that there is hope, that they can put their trust in you because you have first loved them, enabling us to love you back. Thank you for those that walk with us today, for our friendships and our families, for those relationships that have always and continue to strengthen us. Bless each one as individually we sense your spirit and long to be together again. We pray, O oh Lord, that we would recognize your church even when it's not locked inside a building, even when it's not located in a, a gathering of people, but when it is found in individual lives rubbing shoulders with others who need to know of the compassion and the joy of Jesus. May we take him with us wherever we go, and may we see the truth of our lives 
in his light. For we pray it in the powerful living name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, may you experience the living power of God in your life and the strength of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, may God grant you progress and joy in the faith. Amen. It's the sky that we look upon Should tumble and fall Or the mountain should crumble to the sea Just as long as you stand, stand by me.